0: chaos garner and you're listening to the solo numbered podcast today i'll be speaking with writer leland burg here and artist joshua thompson here to promote their upcoming comic berserker monk soon to be on kickstarter welcome leland welcome josh thanks for having us chaos well thanks for reaching out and joining me today but outside my introduction who is leland burg and joshua thompson in their own words
1: um I'm a freelance comic writer, editor, and letterer. Uh, I live in the Okanagan in British Columbia, Canada. Um, I tend to write stories about. um, I put dogs in a lot of my stories. (laughs) And uh, I tend to write science fiction and fantasy. um, And I like the kind of sci fi that uh, gives, puts people in interesting scenarios so that we can explore humanity that's that's kind of what i get excited about
2: and uh yeah i'm josh thompson i'm also living in the okanagan valley a freelance artist um been drawing comics for as long as i can remember but just sort of got serious about it in like the last five years and uh, i just love drawing ultra violent stuff so this comic was right up my alley
0: so, what is Bjorker I'm sorry, Berserker Monk about?
1: Uh, it's about a sort of living folk hero who has been, you know, been around for ages, and and stories have sprung up about him. So, the story, the framing device for the story, is a group of people sitting in a tavern discussing him and telling different conflicting origin origin stories. Uh, about where he came from and arguing and um in this in this three issue arc that we're that we're putting out on Kickstarter, uh in the third issue, the monk shows up and gets to tell his side of things.
0: Interesting. Yeah, when I was looking at some of the images that you send me send me, Leland, um, so I don't know if all of you are familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, but in the current oh, yeah. campaign that I'm playing in right now, I'm playing a monk, and the images of the monk and the fighting kind of reminded me, I guess, of what I envision. And I think what the the GM envisions of what how she fights, as far as all the damage that she can inflict. I think we're at like level fourteen right now, so she inflicts a lot of damage. Um, and I was thinking of how like tomohi class, and I felt like. Uh, monk and barbarian would be too much because she's already (laughs) doing a whole lot, (laughs) right? So yeah. Um, but can all of you um elaborate on your contribution to the creative process on Berserker Monk? I mean, obviously, I said before, you know, Leland, you're the writer, and Josh, you're the artist. But like, how is it? How has your contribution been, like, throughout this whole creative process on the comic?
1: Um. Well, I'll go. I'll go. Ahead. Well, actually, I can I talk about Josh's contribution because I feel like working with Josh transformed the story from from what I imagined. I when I wrote this, I was reading Andrew McLean's Headlopper, and I and I pictured um, something a lot more cartoonish when I was writing the initial scripts. I was you know I was picturing because I, I I had this goofy idea you know this I this idea that I thought would be fun of of a character with this power set where. His fist is almost like a cookie cutter, right? or you know his so so like there's a force a force field that pops out a section of of uh his opponent when he punches them or punches an object and uh and then um I started bringing I started bringing these scripts to the workshop, and Josh got excited about them. I was like, i wanna draw this and and my originally you know sort of itchy and scratchy level of violence got filtered <laughs> through Josh and and uh yeah it's like oh this this comic is definitely R rated now thanks <laughs> thanks to him and and i think changed for the better and embraced what it was right i think i think when you call us when the story has berserker in the name um things better get berserk <laughs>
0: uh-huh but yeah go and ahead Josh he, if you if yeah, you've got a, mean, if
1: you've got thoughts on
2: that So yeah, we, we sort of started a group of just local creators a while back and we just sort of brought in work every week just to sort of get thoughts on everyone, see if we're going in the right direction. And yeah, when Leland brought that, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of like Conan type stories and like fictionalized history dungeons and dragons type stuff so Mm. when he thought of that when he brought that i mean and obviously i just take everything and go ultra violent so uh yeah when he brought that i immediately perked right up and and i wasn't really working on anything at the time this was sort of right when i started getting like serious about wanting to do this stuff So I was just kind of building up a portfolio. So this was really I wanted to draw a few pages of this just to sort of have a portfolio piece and real Leland really liked it. So yeah, we just sort of started collaborating. I don't know how far you had originally planned to go with the story, but we just kept writing and drawing and got three issues done relatively quick. It was a lot of fun to work on. So It was a great collaborative piece for sure.
0: Yeah. So since, I mean, since you kind of use this as a way of building your portfolio, Josh, um, was it kind of like intimidating in a way to work on a project? Really not. I mean, did you know where you wanted to go with this or um, where you saw it going? And like.
2: I mean, not really at first, because honestly, I didn't expect it to go anywhere. I just, I liked pages he'd written i asked him if it was cool like i didn't i wasn't saying hey i'm taking over your project now or anything i just wanted to draw something and that's right cool Mm
1: -hmm. that's right i forgot i forgot that you straight up were just like i'm drawing i'm drawing this script
2: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was never any pretense of like i'm your new artist this is it so i i mean at first i was just drawing it for myself And then i mean yeah once he was like let's start doing this then yeah maybe a little bit of you know uh oh now i (laughs) now it's time to sort of uh make sure i'm up to the task but i mean all the kind of stuff like i got to draw crazy cannibals and uh ghosts and all just awesome stuff that i would love to draw like Six-year-old me, if you'd said, hey, you're going to be drawing this, and man, would I have been excited.
0: (laughs) So Leland, uh, I know you mentioned earlier that you like to write like your sci-fi fantasy and and in like people's humanity in it when you're writing it, which I find interesting because I always say the same thing about my own writing is like I like to explore people's humanities in the like The complications that come along with that so how was integrating that into this story like with character development and creation and even like with world building
1: um well at the time um that I started this story I'm still obsessed with uh story structure and the hero's journey and that kind of stuff. But at the time I was like really discovering it and, and super passionate about it. And I loved the idea of a story that it kind of explored stories and how people make sense of the world using them and how, you know, a, a person's story can take on a life of its own and grow beyond them. um, And, and so, yeah, a, a big part of this was like playing around with um, mythology and, and, uh, and, you know, and it, and it's, it's right, I put it right in the mouths of the characters. The, uh, um, most of the issues are, are multiple short stories that are, you know, woven together. And, uh, you know, one, like one of the stories is about, um, an ancient hero's shrine, you know, being desecrated, because the king wants to build some vanity project, and and you know the the narrative kind of talks about um, how you know that's what heroes are paid. That's how heroes are paid, right? A hero's not a, a hero's not a great hero's not going to become royalty, right? They're they're going to die doing something hopefully great for their civilization, for their community, and what they what they get is a legend. Right, that's kind of the movie. the what's the um, movie where Brad Pitt is Achilles? Troy. Uh, Troy. Troy. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Troy talks about that a lot, and I I think that's a cool idea that he, you know hero heroes get paid in becoming legends, and so this ancient hero that's been almost forgotten, but his but his shrine still exists that gets desecrated, and that's breaking the compact between the nobility and and the people that protect them and that 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 protect the community um so yeah there's there's an example of of the kind of stuff i get excited about and you know hopefully (laughs) hopefully that that plays a supporting role and you know in the foreground is you know an awesome angry spirit emerging from the desecrated uh memorial and and you know, doing cool ghost
2: stuff, <laughs> and that's the stuff I get excited about.
0: <laughs> well, Leland, we've already you know gone into you know Josh's uh, con- uh, contribution to the uh, to the comic and how great that is. So, what about I know Gabriel is and there are my dogs. So Gabriel is the colorist as, that you told me, right? So how did you discover him and decide that he was right for this project?
1: Uh, so Gabriel, Gabriel got brought on just as a freelancer, we, um, we had a writer, we had a, we had an artist and, and, uh, we didn't have a colorist in, in our community at the time that, uh, we felt was a good fit. And so we just put the word out, started looking around Gabriel's in Argentina. He's a, he's a fantastic guy. I mean, he primarily speaks Spanish. Um, but he's a great collaborator, and so, you know, we've never met him in person. He's just this awesome guy that we send, we send inks to, and and he uh, transforms them, <laughs> and we yeah, we get yeah. something awesome back. And and he he was his contribution in particular. He's got an eye for composition, and and I really appreciate that about him. He was pretty bold where he would send stuff back and he'd be like, this was messed up, but I fixed it. And, <laughs> and almost always he, it, he made it better. I can think of one time where the the characters in the inn are all sitting around a, a, you know, a Turkey and they're pulling drumsticks off of it and stuff. There was one time where he was like the, the Turkey wasn't in this shot and like added a big Turkey in front of a character. And it was like, well, we don't, we don't need the turkey. We don't need to see the turkey here, man. It's drawing focus. Other other than, other than that, he, it's just a hundred percent, um, noticing little details and adding them in thoughtful little touches. Um, and yeah, he's a good enough artist that when he sees a problem at times, he just redraws it and, mm. and we're like, great, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, we just, we just get this, you know, found this amazing talented guy who, uh, from afar makes our comic uh sparkle a much better.
0: <laughs> so how is it working with people you know um they're not just strangers but they also you know they speak a different language they live in a different country different times on what have you so how how does that work is that like is it do the pros outweigh the cons if there are any like how because I I mean it's it sounds like it's a normal thing because when I do these interviews, more and more people say that they find people like Fiverr or what have you, and they live on the other side of the world, you know. So or whatever it may be. So how is that whole process of like finding people and then, you know, um, like I said, they live in a different country and speak a different language?
1: Um, it's I don't know, it's surprisingly easy. <laughs> it's a it's surprise I found it I had a lot of trepidation my trepidation about it particularly my very first project that was I I didn't I didn't have a community here yet I was I was just wrote wrote a comic that I liked on my own and went online and tried to find someone uh was all worried and um met a guy from the UK uh Andrew Morgan and he was he was amazing he was super enthusiastic. I mean there there was no language barrier we we were just in different time zones um but that really um alleviated a lot of my nervousness and so I've so I've done online comp, um collaborations a few times and um for every way that distance can be a barrier in some ways it's an aid right it makes it very easy to be professional right there's no um you know, all, you know, like, having a, you know, mine and Josh's personal connection is, is fantastic. We're friends in real life. And, uh, you know, it, yeah, it makes working together great, but not having a personal relationship. Um, so then it's just about the work. And you just, mm-hmm. you just deal with the work. And, you know, if if the people you're collaborating with are are professional and they you know put the work first and i think that's i think that's something that that you know gabriel exemplifies in that if he sees him if he sees a flaw he doesn't go eh. i'm just doing it for some canadian guys yeah who cares right Mm -hmm. there i get paid either way when he sees a mistake it bothers him he wants the work to be the best it can be and and he makes it he makes it better and and uh and we are also people who want the work to best be the best it can be so so yeah we get along we get along great
0: mm-hmm. was did you ever have a collaboration or brought on a collaborator that it didn't work out
1: um yeah i've had i've had um i mean i've had i i yeah i've had i've had relationships that i that i've ended and For me when it happened it was it was basically recognizing that the way i work is not compatible with the way that this person works Mm -hmm. so you know it was like somebody whose art i loved liked what they did with my scripts but their workflow and my workflow wasn't compatible their idea of um their, I mean, their idea of accountability was different from my idea of accountability. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be diplomatic here Uh because I, and, and I mean, I do really respect this person and love the work we did together, but yeah, it was like, basically I just got stressed out. We were still (laughs) making great comics, but I, it made the whole process stressful for me. And I was just like, you know what, I'm going to try working with somebody else because, because yeah, it wasn't worth, it wasn't worth the headache. It was taking the joy out of out of the works. So I was like, I'm going to find somebody who I click with.
0: Yeah. Lately I only ask that I don't mean to like pry in your business or make it, you know, stress you out oh, or anything no like worries. that. It's just, <laughs> I ask that because a lot of us don't really know the language to use and how to communicate with people that we're collaborating with, especially if we're like brand new to making comics and trying to like print them and sell them and things like that. So like I said, we don't really know the language. So you know, it may be difficult with expressing what we want, and then probably even the worse with what we don't want, because then we don't want to seem unprofessional, we don't want to seem like we're wasting people's time. So I was just trying to get like your perspective on how you handled a situation with someone that it didn't work out.
1: No, it's a great, it's a great question. And yeah, I wish I wish I had a, <laughs> I wish I had been given a map for, you know, for that kind of thing. But yeah, I think almost every time it's going to be, you know, it's, it's, it's a kind of relationship. Are you familiar with, I'm going to, I'm going to move, move into the adjacent area of like, like romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, they talk, they talk about your language of love, Mm -hmm. right? Well, I think there's a language of love of comics as well, right? And so you need, you need collaborators that speak your, your, your language of love of comics or, or you, you know, you need to learn each other's. Uh, language and and mode of creation and um, and yeah get get that sorted and you know the only way to do it is to is to talk how are we doing this thing how do you you know what do you need when you're creating right I had a collaborator recently that doesn't like doing zoom calls and feels guilty because you know a lot of the times that's that's how this is done now everybody jumps Mm -hmm. into a video chat and that just gives them tremendous anxiety. And it was like, you know, no problem. Thanks for speaking up. We'll do everything by text. I got great work. I was super happy, right? Let's just figure, yeah. figure out how they how they operate. And, you know, because we're all trying to get the best out of each other.
0: Yeah. So I guess this is a good segue into this next question. What advice could either of you offer to other artists, you know, writers, you know anchors whatever it may be um uh, creators in general that you wish someone would have told you when you first started
1: josh first on this one
2: um well i mean i feel like i just waited so long that i wish i'd i wish i'd gotten started doing this sooner and it's so much easier now to do like with stuff like Fiverr. like i both Leland and I are pretty active on Fiverr and it's just like, and there are so many other places like that out there that are just so good for hooking up with people. Um, so, I mean, the most important thing to do is just get started. Like if you're working by yourself, like for me, I'm not a writer. So it was always, I just didn't like trying to write my own scripts. They were always really juvenile. Oh. Nope. You lost your audio, bud.
0: Your audio, Josh.
2: Sorry. Can you hear
1: me? Yeah. Yeah, you you. you you cut out it uh you you wrote juvenile scripts.
2: Oh yeah. Sorry, someone just called me. Um yeah, so I mean I well, first thing I would say is if you can find like like-minded people in your area, that was a game changer for me. I think that was a game changer for yeah, me too. That was all of us. Like if you can find a community around you that can help you give you advice you know just look at your stuff and tell you what they like what they don't like like that when i first started doing that was like when everything changed for me where i was just sort of drawing on my own and wondering like okay how do i get this done what what's i don't even know the first step about drawing a comic or getting a comic out there and then I met these people and they told me, you know, what they liked, what they didn't like, where I could change, where I could grow and I could collaborate with them. So, I mean, that's my, the most important thing that's happened to me was finding a group of collaborators nearby. But other than that, you just have to draw and do it. Like, don't sit around and wait and say, you know, there's always tomorrow because eventually tomorrow's a run out, so just do it today.
1: Nice. Um, I mean, my number one piece of advice is finish things. I think that's I think that's a um, finish things and that will help you transition from the initial motivator that I had for creativity and that I see in lots of other um, creators that I talk to at workshops and when I'm editing you you kind of you're kind of a junkie when you're a, i i find a lot of creator young creators are like junkies right there's that rush where you think up something that delights you and it's you get so thrilled about that and and you and you you know you chase after that and when that peter's out because eventually the novelty of that cool idea goes away you run out of gas and you need some you need something else to keep you going you need a you know you need a little bit of um creative endurance and and the other thing is at some at some point in every story it's gonna get hard right you're gonna get stuck it, you know you're you'll you'll have five to ten ideas that excite you and you throw them all down on the page then there's all these annoying things that you that you where you have to connect your cool ideas and how do you write how do you do that and that's that's writing that's the part you know every everybody's got cool ideas I think I think everybody's got a cool story in them but it's having you know it's it's having that toolkit of learning how to put it all together and in my experience the only way you get good you get that toolkit and get good at using those tools is by finishing projects. Um, I used to work in construction and the, so the, the immediate analogy I use is somebody who just gets excited, starts a project and then runs out of steam and discards it, gets excited and does that over and over again. Um, you know, you're, you're building foundations and not building houses right and you know and, and and people get really ambitious and they they want to write an epic they want to build a mansion but you know you're just building mount mansion foundations over and over again you're not actually learning how to build a house and so you know make things you can complete short short whatever's right whatever medium you're passionate about make make it short make short comics make eight page comics and then you know you get to go through the whole process, make your little eight page comic and print it, you know, make mistakes on that. Don't make mistakes. You know, like I did, I started with a 10 issue arc that I was sure on. And then issue one made a whole bunch of mistakes, you know, at every, at every right let, but made mistakes, writing, made mistakes, lettering, uh, made mistakes at the printers. Right. I didn't know anything about RGB and CMYK. Um, Made all the mistakes and ended up with a book that I felt hampered everything that I had dreamed of doing after that. And uh, yeah, I oh, if I just made a little short, a little short comic first, you know, maybe I would have, maybe I would have been able to finish my big, my big fancy thing.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, it's so weird because I normally people say, you know, just get started, like Josh, how you were saying, just go ahead and get started and just go from there. But the, here what you just said, Leland, about finishing, actually finishing the work is different. And I I don't really think, you don't really think about that. Because when I write my stuff, I try to write with the ending in mind and then work my way. It's like, how i am I going to get there? I don't know. We'll just figure it out. But it has to end this way that I have in mind. That's how I'll finish it. So, yeah, it's just I feel like a lot of people don't think with the ending in mind or what, mm-hmm. how they see it ending in a way I mean obviously things change when it gets to the ending but I think people are so afraid of actually starting it that they're not even thinking of how it's going to end so when they do actually do start it and then they just leave it like that I think just actually starting it was enough for them so it is important like you said that they actually do finish it because they're just building a foundation they're not actually building the house
1: yeah yeah and and just you know getting the whole process under your belt right uh-huh. doing it doing it badly at every step but doing every step that's worth so much and i and i i don't you know for me i'm a procrastinator so right i get anxious i get fearful about a partic- particular step yeah and just just turn away and it's right it's like no you can't do that you gotta grit your teeth and do the do the part you're scared of and it'll be that much less scary next time
0: yeah so throughout this whole process or any other process on on a creative project, uh, did you, or like, do you now uh, ever get overwhelmed with anything? You know, does, does it ever become too much? And this, it might not even just be the project itself. It can be you dealing with your home life and, your your relationships with, um, you know, friends or partners. Um, You, either of you may be working a separate full-time job, part-time job, whatever it may be, kids, you know, dogs, whatever it may be, or just dealing with housework, you know, stuff like that, so, like, does it ever become too much, and how do you typically manage your mental well-being when it does become too much? Uh,
2: I mean, I often find myself getting overwhelmed. Uh, When I first read over, like, one of Leland's scripts, like, he is, he's one of the smartest guys I know, and, like, the way he words scripts i'm just i find myself scratching my head like how the heck am i going to draw that and i whenever i first get a script it's just like a quick read through and yeah for most of the time i'm just like oh man like i don't even it, and the second time i read it through i'm sort of a little more thoughtful and i that's when i sort of plan panels and stuff in my head and it gets a lot easier that time but yeah it's i mean I always try and just approach it and maybe it's not the right way, but I just go one page at a time as opposed to just like looking at the big picture. Cause I think that's the thing. When the first read through I'm looking at the entire thing and just seeing this giant jigsaw puzzle with a zillion pieces and how am I going to put it together? But then I just focus on a small piece here, a small piece there and it works out. But I mean, as far as like personal life, I've, finding time to like get away is tough but i mean i do have a day job so usually when i get home from my day job i come up onto the computer or whatever and i try and uh, donate like at least a couple hours to just art whatever it is if i'm actually working on a project for someone if not i'll do my own thing i mean if i wasn't drawing i'd go crazy so even if i'm not doing something for someone else i have to be drawing at some point point. and even if i'm just like whatever the new she-hulk's on tonight or something i'll throw that on and grab a piece of paper and just doodle that's what i do so i mean i love that i'm able to do this and even make a little money on the side from it so can it be stressful it can but then i just have to remind myself like this is what you've always wanted and Even if you're doing a project that's like not 100% your passion, it's still, I get to draw like cool stuff for a living. So just taking a step back and appreciating where I am now, as opposed to where I was a few years ago, just like on the outside, looking in and desperately wanting to know how to get there. And now my journey's on its way and I'm really happy with how it's going. So I don't know it's tough to get too overwhelmed when you're that excited about where you're going
0: mm-hmm. What about for me, you?
1: for me it's anxiety i'm a very anxious person mm-hmm. uh everything makes me anxious uh, i was just putting together berserker monk pdfs before this interview and i'm compiling the art files and the, my pdf programs making the pages different sizes. And I can just feel this ball (laughs) building up in my chest, the stress ball, and like, you know, um, learning how to be conscious of that and dissipate it and not let it turn into anger or frustration. And um, that's, yeah, that's the number one thing for me. It's every, every new thing, every new thing is a, is, you know, Uh, Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a writer searching for a metaphor and not finding one, a scary thing. (laughs) Every, every new, every new, uh, everything new is, is scary. And so it's learning techniques to deal with it. This, this process, like this, I'm good with, I, I'm, I'm, I can talk. So, so once I have an interview, I'm, I'm good. I can do this pretty well getting interviews and by the way thank you for reaching out you, you like you yeah, you gave you gave you. us a nice little launch pad but like one of my least favorite things is sending out query letters right of just sir you know go, going to all the podcasts it's like okay who you know who wants to talk to josh and i you know, because I just feel like I'm bothering people. That's that's my default. Yeah. I know. I think I think a lot of us have that, right? Is is like, oh, I'm bothering people. It's like, hey, we made a cool comic. There, we're we're fun to talk to. It's not a bother, right? Just try to build myself up. But one of my coping mechanisms now is I've actually, because I'm a nerd, I made a spreadsheet for myself. So I have my query letter anxiety spreadsheet. So, you know, I've kind of broken up into columns. I've got, you know podcaster, reviewer that I'm messaging, Um, when I sent the, how anxiety inducing do I, you know, how intimidating do I find them, I rank them one to five. When did I send the query? And what response did I get? And I wanted to track it, because I wanted to teach myself that the thing I'm afraid of is, is not it doesn't happen. Right? Like mm-hmm. like nobody I've yet I've yet to meet anyone in the world of comics who's mean. I, I, I'm sure they exist, but nobody I've nobody I've met is mean. everybody's everybody's nice. everybody loves is just passionate about comics. You know, the thing I'm afraid of, I think, is like I'm gonna send a query letter and I'm gonna get a response back like, who are you? You're a nobody. Your comic sucks. Why would I ever talk to you? <laughs> right? No, nobody does, nobody sends that, you know. So, uh, so yeah, from my last, I did a Kickstarter for another story I did called Capsules in the spring. And I did this process for that. And it was, I got, I, I I was just looking at the spreadsheet this morning and from that one, and it was like, you know, I either got acceptance responses or kind, kind rejections.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Right. And it's just like, so yeah, that's, that's, that's my biggest thing that I'm always dealing with but I have got great, some great techniques that I figured out, you know, when in in doubt, just double down on being a nerd and make a spreadsheet.
0: (laughs) Well, I hope (laughs) I uh, reduced some some of the anxiety. So what I try to do is give people as much information as possible before they come on. So like how long it's going to last and what we're actually going to talk about and that, you know, none of these questions are like spontaneous. I mean, some of them are, but it's mostly like the same formula with pretty much everybody you already know what you're gonna get. It's audio. It's video. You know, it's pre-recorded, so it's not live. So you don't have to worry about like, oh, you know, I'm swearing too much, or I'm talking too much, or I'm not talking enough, or whatever it may be. Because we can always just edit it out, right? So yeah, I hope I, I hope I did that for you, Leland.
1: Oh, you're great. You're great. Yeah. Well, and I'm you know mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. I tend to approach approach this stuff from like. I think I I think I'm. My anxiety is overtuned. I don't necessarily want the world to be shaped to my anxiety. <laughs> Cause uh-huh. it's too right. So it's like, you're doing awesome. I I feel totally safe. Thank you.
0: Oh, good. That's good to hear. <laughs> but uh, my last question for you two is what is your idea of success? So I ask that because as creators, if we're not getting regular paychecks from a full-time job or making consistent revenue from our art, we're considered failures or we consider ourselves failures many of many of us will put our dreams and projects on the back burner or put or give them up altogether because this career path can be highly intimidating and competitive. So what is your idea of quote unquote success?
2: All right, that's All right. Tough. I mean, it's changed so much. Mm-hmm. Like once upon a time if you'd ask me that, I was like, "Oh, I have to be a Marvel artist or else like everything I've worked towards has been a failure." And I mean, I it, let's be honest, if Marvel came knocking and said, hey, do you want to draw Wolverine? I wouldn't say no, but I just love being able to work on our own things. Like, I had so much fun being able to, you know, contribute with Leland and give my thoughts with Berserker Monk and coming up with this just awesome ultra violent story. So, I mean, I'm working on projects and I'm getting paid for projects that like even three years ago I wasn't. So am I a success story? Maybe not quite, but I'm on my way for sure. I don't know where I don't know where the goalpost is when I finally say, here I am. I've done it. I'm a success, but I know that I'm on my way. So that's a great feeling. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Nice. I like I like that. Um um, I, th- okay. I think about the internet a lot and how it affects how we think and, and something I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm an old millennial. And so I lived in the before time before, uh, <laughs> smartphones and even the internet for a while. Uh, and, and I grew up in a small town. So like I was, you know, 10, 20 years behind everybody else in the, in the eighties and early nineties. And, something that kids in my small town got to have most of us got to be known for something our community was so small that one kid was the fastest runner another kid I was I was the you know the smart nerd um you know one kid could hit a baseball the furthest another kid was a great artist another kid was you know we got to be each of us pretty much everyone was some kind of big fish in that small pond. And something I, I feel in myself and I, and I see in younger creators who like grew up immersed in social media is they don't get to have their small, you don't get to have a small pond anymore, right? You, you feel like you're competing with the world, right? You go on Instagram, the artists that you feel like your peers with are, know professionals (laughs) and and so like i i kind of want to i guess i have a meta comment first of all that i think we should all give ourselves a break on what success is Mm -hmm. because i think i think the we look out on we look out into the online landscape and the goalposts look like they're on the moon Mm. because we we see the we see and have this feeling like we're in competition with the greatest people on the planet we don't get to do it in our little small town or our little community and then graduate from that into a larger you know go to a major city and and ply our craft there and like and maybe we grow to national or international uh you know levels like so so yeah like i i think that i think that really like I guess, hurts most, most of us who want to do anything, right? Anything outside the norm, anything where you, you often, you don't have people in your own community that, that you can kind of look up to because it's a niche thing. Um, You know, the first, the first, I guess the first thing is, is like, for me, redefining what success is was like, uh, ironically how I started to succeed when I stopped going it's the moon or bust, and started going, well, first, let's, what's the nearest little mountaintop uh, around here? Let's, let's climb that and, and see, and see how, see how that goes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, success for me, yeah, it's a process, I guess, is, is to bring it, to bring it to the personal level, you know, learning to treat success as a process instead of a destination. Has helped me actually grow instead of going, oh, that's so far. How could I even conceive of getting out there? Um, once it's like just, oh, just baby steps. Celebrate, ever, celebrate sitting down at my, com- you know, okay, yeah. Here's here, now that I've rambled. My short answer <laughs> is success <laughs> is every time I sit down at my computer and commit and commit myself to writing even if what I write is crap, even if I write nothing, but I sit there and think and, and, am focused, like that's, that's success. That is the path to success. And so it's, it's success as a process is just, is doing it, do the work, remember why you love it. And, and, uh, and give yourself a pat on the back. You've succeeded. If you, if you made time if you made time today to do the thing that you're passionate about and you want to grow at, you're succeeding.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I don't I couldn't remember the last time I sat down on my computer <laughs> and actually wrote anything. It's been a while. It's been a long while. It's been really busy. But yeah, I mean I I think the same way as well. Just like having a thought in my head and actually writing it down. I'm, you know, I might just take notes on it or something. And hopefully I'll come back to it, but I finally got it out of my head and wrote it down. So that is that little win is good for me.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's an important habit. I have like, I started I started labeling my notebooks because I had like six and I was just putting rant. Now I, I like partition them off.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I mean I did the. I used to have sticky notes. I don't know if you can see them, but like that with all my stuff too. Nice. I have a bunch of sticky notes. Laying around here with stuff on my desk and here and all all kinds of places and on my note app on my phone.
1: Nice I I, yeah I keep post it's on my wall for all my ongoing tasks, Uh so I don't let something slip.
0: (laughs) But um... I don't have
2: any kind of. uh, Organization like that anytime that I have to. Find something I need. Usually, I have to dig through a pile of, like of paper papers to find something. I really do need to get a little better at that, but it's just not my wheelhouse.
0: Come on, Josh. You gotta get something better. You gotta get a schedule. You gotta get some <laughs> sticky notes or something, some reminders or something. That's what I have. If it's not on my schedule, it doesn't. It's not happening. But um, is there anything else that either of you want to touch on about Preser- Berserker Monk as a whole that I may have missed? The Kickstarter or the comic or,
2: I mean, it was it was a labor of love for us. It was every step of the way. Just, I mean, we worked so hard and and talk about success when we got the first issue printed, and I could show that off to my dad and just be like, "Yeah, look, it wasn't all talk." When I was a kid, I was able <laughs> to make the
0: comic. Aww, that was nice.
2: like a huge feeling of a success, Um and just. Yeah, I love what we did there. And I hope that everyone, I think it's got enough like cool Kung Fu action, uh, you know, pirates, ghosts. It's got like something in there for literally everyone. So I think if you take a chance on it, you're going to like it.
1: Yeah, right on. Um, Well, I like, you know, this being a podcast about the process. I think this, this book very much, came out of the process of us just just kind of kind of going well we're just going to we're just going to make something right and and when it was done and i feel and i shouldn't even yeah like when it was done i didn't even you know i didn't even really realize that it was like it was good and i was really proud of it um and and like cuz we started this we started this book like like a few years ago, we did a big hiatus during COVID because cause, cause yeah. our only motivation was was like make comics, take them to cons. And then mm-hmm. and then over COVID, it kind of we kind of just paused it. We knew we had the third book ready. And and then over that time we learned a bunch. We found online communities. I did a Kickstarter, my first Kickstarter, and was blown away that oh, you could just find an audience. You could, you can, you know, you can be like, uh, all right thanks gatekeepers we're just gonna hop over and see what see what people want and you know oh we have 60 pages of of this awesome comic in the bank why aren't why aren't we putting it out there why aren't we why aren't we sharing it with people
0: uh well what should uh, i guess potential backers expect when if like if they go onto the kickstarter page when it actually does launch do you know the rewards that are being offered right now or anything like that
1: um yeah that's a great question something <laughs> i should have thought about more um well well you know there's going to be all three issues of berserker monk which is 60 pages of of um bloody kung fu tarantino um, we're gonna be doing stickers. We're gonna be doing. Um, Josh is gonna be selling um, artie things. What's the thing that 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 you like do? Commissions, art, stuff
2: yeah, like commissions, original arts. Yeah, commissions, commissions. <laughs>
0: prints, prints, maybe. Maybe. Okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, we haven't. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we should probably. Uh, lock yeah. All that- pretty
1: quick yeah we won't we won't we won't stumble over this any longer we're right now we're selling a comic there will be (laughs) commissions from josh we're we're gonna do pins uh i had a great experience doing pins for my last kickstarter uh and yeah a bunch of different stickers and um probably some posters and Mm -hmm. and then uh actually my that's a good i should put some feelers out and look at what other people are doing and what people like Mm because uh you know, ultimately, I just want to connect people with stuff they're going to get excited about. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. All right. Well, again, I want to thank the writer Leland Bjorg and artist Joshua Thompson for joining us here today to promote their upcoming comic Berserker Monk, soon to be on Kickstarter. I highly recommend our listeners to give Berserker Monk a look, share and back if they can when the Kickstarter launches. All of Leland's and Josh's socials will be listed in this episode's details alongside a Kickstarter link for those who are interested and following along for updates about Monk. Again, I'm KS Garner, and you have been listening to the Solo Nuremberg podcast. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much.